There's nothing better than stand in front of a crowd and have a live microphone. And now I'm thoroughly blinded because I stood in front of the projector. <laughs> okay, I'd like to thank everybody for taking your valuable time to come here and listen to us talk a little bit. Want to remind everybody that if you have the app, and hopefully you do have the app, I have a vested interest. We're one of the of the app, so we're pretty proud of it and think it's a great thing. But likewise, when we're done, if you could give us a review, that would be awesome. Appreciate very much. Okay. So, 10 plus applications using autonomous mobile robots that you can use to solve labor issues and deploy today. That's really part of the key. There's a vast majority of them. As you know, if you've been walking around the show floor, I'm pretty sure you can't walk 25 feet without hitting an AMR robot one way or another. So the question is, what's out there? What are some of the different types? What can you do today? And one of the starting points, I feel that to level set everybody here, I'm not with a manufacturer. So that's what's going to make my conversation a whole lot different than a lot of the other conversations that you're going to have out in the, in the show hall. What we do is represent the best of the best, multiple applications, multiple styles. Our job is to simply look and see what our customers require and to match and meet those expectations. So it's so a little bit different. Some of the objectives of today, there's a huge breadth of AMR robotics available. As you can see, as you can tell, we're going to cover a number of them. Specialized applications, they probably exist. So if you think you've got a need, and gee, I haven't seen that, that type of application, you need to look a little harder, ask a few questions. There's a good chance it exists. And or combining several models several different styles of AMRs within the same application can very often get to the end application that you're looking for. And I hope today that you leave a lot more than you knew when you came in. If not, if you throw things, throw them a little bit to the right, a little to the left, I'm going to duck down, okay? So what and why AMRs and robotics? The starting point is flexibility. In the material handling field, business, we're decades, century, century plus old. Everything has been fairly rigid. Everything's been bolted to the floor. Things were great, but they didn't have the level of flexibility that today most organizations really need and require. It's all about saving labor. Right now, I'm not telling you anything you don't know. Labor is tough to find. Good labor is even harder to find. Their trick is to be able to have the automation that's going to be able to augment your needs and to be able to fill the requirements as an organization that you have. Improving throughput eliminates single point of failure. That's actually one of the byproducts of the AMR and robotic technologies. When you build it and you build it right, you wind up not having a single point of failure that you have in many other traditional material handling type systems. And there is nothing worse than having to get that day's orders out and having a system that, okay, it's stopped, it's dead, it's not moving. With AMRs, more often than not, than not you bring in a re, uh, the backup controls, you can take out the bot, bring in the new bot. There's so much more flexibility. It's designed about not having downtime. It provides a fast ROI. 
the scalability, flexibility, allows you to build a system that works for your business today. It's not like days of old when you were going to buy a tilt tray or a cross belt. You had to guess what your business was going to be five years from now, and that's what you had to buy. With AMRs, not so much. You can rapid deployment. And it officially handles peaks and valleys. You can simply have floor space that you use during your valleys for other applications, and come to peaks, it's redeployed. Safety tape and nothing in the way is nothing more than another AMR work field and work cell later on when you need it. So another part of AMR's benefits, easy proof of concept, POC. What that really boils down to is that organizations very often say, well, I think this is where I want to go. I'm not really sure. I don't want to deploy a full system and find out it's not. The versatility flexibility of AMRs allow you to do a proof of concept. It allows you to be able to build a scalable system that's very affordable to be able to test it, test your processes, test your methodologies, and the greatest benefit is that when you're done and you say, that's great, I want to go live with my full system, you can take the components that you've already done and roll them right into the full system. So it's a win-win, and it's one of the few things that AMRs, well, one of many things an AMR can provide that traditional equipment is more difficult to be able to do. Why are AMRs and robotics such a big thing right now? Why is it really just uh, captivating the business place? It's all about the ROI, about the money and the ROI. You look at 1999, look what your cost for a robot is. 2018, you get the idea why. Great idea, great implementation. That's what all technology does. In this industry, watched it for decades, come up with a great idea, you wait a little while, cost of manufacturing goes down on it, and boom. And when the ROI and the throughput and every, all the other benefits kick in place, you get return on investment. And that's the name of the game. Some of the major issues that the AMRs solve, inability to track and retain workforce. These are three-year trends. Insufficient space, outdated storage picking and material handling equipment. You know, the list goes on, but all of them bleed and blend and become the benefits of AMRs. And that's why you see so many that are here at, Pro, at Modex. Almost said Promat, I'm gonna do that a few times. Okay. One of the differences between an AGV and an AMR, fixed path, fixed path versus autonomous. An AGV, fantastic device, it's been around for a few decades, does a great job. It works with either tape, um, and, or paint, and other types of devices in which it moves along that path. At best, it has a safety bumper on it, so if it hits something, it stops. That's maybe even a light guard. Whereas autonomous robots, AMRs, they can see. They know what's in front of them. They can even define whether it's human, whether it's an object, and they could avoid it, and including other AMRs. So that's one of the biggest differences, and usually one of the first questions somebody says, hey, what's the difference between AGV and AMR? And depending upon your application, we take a look and see which one makes sense. Sometimes it's AGV, sometimes it's AMR. It's all a matter of your application. So, starting off with some of the applications, high-speed sortation using manual induction. 
So sortation is really the best example of the scalability of, a, of a, an AMR solution as opposed to what I'll call a fixed automation, be it a shoe sorter, tilt tray sorter. Um, a lot of growing, it's a good op opportunity for growing volume companies where your vo you, you predict your volume to double in the next three to five years. Well, you used to have to buy enough automation for three to five years down the road. The AMRs in a sortation uh, situation provide several things. One, year one, you only have to buy as many AMRs to handle the volume of year one. You don't have to build out for a future. Two, it, it, is it possible to go back to that video? They also provide you a lot more flexibility in that there's a very low cost to feeding this system. It is very cheap bulk handling belt conveyor, very simple. And because the vehicles are light, your sortation does not have to be linear, meaning all those chutes do not have, here they're in a big, um, a big matrix. So this can go up over top of a shipping dock, per, we'll say. Um, and the, the sort locations can be just about wherever you want them to be. This, this video is showing essentially parcel sortation for direct-to-consumer. Um, but you'll see some videos here where these could be used a very good application would be uh, retail returns, e-commerce returns. This is below what you were seeing before. The bots were on the top mezzanine, dropping into the chutes. The chutes come down. On the bottom, you can have other AMRs that pick them up. You can have humans that are picking up the bags. And it goes out to shipping. Likewise, the induction. We were watching human induction before. Depending upon the application, depending upon the return on investment, you can very easily use robotic induction. In this type of system, it's all about having the barcode facing up. Barcode faces up, it's red instantly. The bots take off and go for their shoots and then come back and return. By the way, this is showing sorting parcels, um, the technology exists that those could be loose units. They could be loose units within totes. Moving along to one of our favorite applications, order fulfillment, in which what you're looking at is a sea of shelving, each one having multiple positions, multiple lines within the rack. The AMRs go find the section of shelving that they require, lift, and bring it to the workstation. You could draw a parallel to this like a, um, a shuttle type system, only it has no fixed storage. Um, the other advantage of the AMRs is the time to stand them up and get you, you operational, it's not, not even six months. With, with the flexible automation, essentially we roll them off. It's, it's things like conveyors and 
ASRS and rack that takes the most amount of time. The other thing, those of you doing higher volume or your peaks tend to be in the holiday season, this can be rolled quickly into rented space and rolled away. Likewise, we are just watching this, the uh, AMRs bring the shelving. This is a case where you could have robotic induction. So we've taken the human beings out of this portion of the business. The robot places it on the shelving. The AMRs then deliver it back for storage or to the picking front. So that could be feeding, replenishment could be feeding that, it could be returns feeding that. There's lots of applications on how that works. It always boils back down to the return on investment. This is a new type, very new type of combination, ASRS and AMR. What you're looking at is a bot that has three axes. So right now, it's climbing up and down precision rack, inserting, extracting, and getting the tote, the skews that are in there, and then hits the ground and goes to the workstations. And I have an animation right after this, which makes it a little bit easier to see. So, racks. Oh, okay, I did that again. So while you're doing that, I'll speak to it. So with a, with a conventional shuttle system, A, you're tied to, for the most part, a shuttle per level of storage. So you have X, if your volume is low to medium, you may end up, in order to get the amount of storage, have overcapacity with the shuttles. Um, the other thing is, is your storage, for the most part, is long and narrow. Because these bots, these shuttles, come out of the storage, the storage can be somewhat a asymmetrical. So it may fit into your uh, facility operation a little bit better. Um, but this is another great example of the scalability where other than the storage, you really only need to buy as many bots and stations as you need for volume today. And you can be ramped up for peak season in a very short period of time. Another type of AMR in which you've got multiple shelf levels on the bot. It's great for replenishment. This could be going to the back of flow rack. It could be putting it on shelving, whatever is required. It could even be used as a slow-moving ASRS-type system. This can be done higher. Another good application for medium, slow to medium volume. You can have the advantage of no wasted aisle space without having to invest in hard automation for each aisle. Fixed automation, excuse me. Retail store. So here's a device, an AMR, that's designed for shoes in a retail wholesale type application. Somewhat like the same technology we just seen, but dressed more for human interaction. It's watching everything that's going around. It knows that it's a human. It knows to stay wide. It knows how to handle boxes. As we saw, that box was put back crooked. The system knows how to grasp it, bring it in, it straightens it, 
and then can either put it back or we'll put it back straight at the next location. No kidding. I went shoe shopping with my wife this weekend. <laughs> that store needs one. There's a lot of shoes going in and out real quick. One of the great benefits of this type of system is that this could be a, a multiple-use type of um, uh, floor or operation, whereas you have consumers shopping, but you could also use it as wholesale in which you're building into this side cart. When the last one's been picked, it indicates to the operator, okay, I picked my orders. Go pick up the cart and deliver it too. It could be an e-commerce packout. It could be to another another area. It could be returns. Uh, the applications are multiple. In the evolution of omni-channel, I don't think that these vehicles practically are going to end up on a retail floor anytime soon doing restocking. But if you think about it, if you want to do ship from store for e-commerce, Shoes are a great example because shoes, there's a lot of SKUs. They take up a lot of space, so I'll use that. It, it's convenient for me. Um, you know, why not go back to that basement storage and just have one pair of shoe, one pair of each style and color on the floor? Something to think about. So this is, this I like to call it, this is an order-picking robot. Um, this robot is meant, the great application is working in an existing operation. So we, without the, th in theory, without ever changing any of your storage, we might adjust some aisles or all. But what you would do here is create zone picking without conveyor. And the bots become your conveyor for taking the, taking the order, so each tote is a, either a discrete order or a batch of discrete orders. And your people, rather than loading up a cart and walking from the start point to the finish, they would stay in one, two, three aisles. And they would probably be driven by a, a voice or an um, uh, augmented vision system to direct them to the aisle, and then the overhead software, WES software, keeps track of where the people are, where the bots are, and coordinates them to the different locations. So what people would do is be picking in these aisles two stationary totes, and there can be anywhere from one to many locations, pick up, lo pick up and drop off locations, and then that bot is then automatically going and taking you know, the new orders and dropping them, picking up the completed orders, and moving those orders from zone to zone to zone. Wherever an order completes, you have early out. It's just inherent. That's the beauty of the flexibility of this. Whereas with fixed automation conveyor, um, there's a substantially higher cost to do that. Person to goods, this is an example. Robot travels to your pick location, met by a person. The screen is indicating what the pick and quantity. Scan verification, puts it away, task complete, moves to the next location. 
these type of applications, depending upon the speed and the throughput. It could be zone to zone. It can be sometimes one person following it straight through. All, once again, it depends on the application. Our experience is you'll gain a little bit of efficiency by just having a person follow a robot, but not significant. Um, the way to gain the most uh, productivity, the most efficiency with this, is you have to minimize the travel of the picker. And the way that you minimize the travel of the picker is to keep them in, constrained and bring the work to them and away from them with the vehicles. Low to medium sortation, kidding, returns. This application is fantastic for flexible requirements. So, sorry. Anyone with what we might call non-conveyable product, difficult to handle product, you're not conveying the product. You're manually at these stations, you're manually taking the product and putting it on the tray of the vehicle. So it does have to move on the tray, but it is nearly as gentle as could be. In an application like this, you're looking at a high, what we call a high tilt, could be a high cross belt, but it stands at a much significantly higher level to the top of a Gaylord. So therefore, it's being inducted on the sides, Here's your induction stations, taking product, putting it onto the bots. The bots then go into the field. They go up to the Gaylord. They drop it off. You have a second style of bot in which when the Gaylord is full, when the Gaylord needs to leave the field, it picks it up and brings it over to your pack station. Likewise, while that's happening, another bot is bringing in an empty Gaylord. Therefore, picking can resume in that position. So it's a constant flow. Excuse me, Ed, one thing. A, this type of configuration can handle up to approximately 15,000 units an hour. For those of you that aren't familiar, that's about the top end of a single level unit sorter, cross belt tilt tray. Um, if your volumes are there from day one, that might be a better solution, depends. Um, but for scalability to do something similar, the other thing I will tell you, your cost per uh, sort point with this is potentially much less. It has something to do with the distance that the vehicles have to travel. But there are not, in a unit sorter, usually one of the big costs are the chutes themselves. With this, those costs are significantly less. And just to show a little bit, this is the AMR that I was describing. Comes in, you put it on top, system takes it away. Likewise, the other bot, which is going underneath, picking them up, bringing them in, brings in new, takes out the full, delivers it to shipping. So you could, you know, this shows uh, shipping containers, parcels. Um, you could do this with returns. And then you'd have loose units in there. And then the vehicles would be bringing, I'll call these Gaylord containers, to a pack or bag station. 
Um, for those of you that are still doing, uh, that, not still, but are doing e-commerce with 1.3 lines in order, um, the same way that, w that it's done in unit sortation, we'd probably bulk sort to here and then uh, bring these to a, either a put and or pack station, probably a put and pack station. Give you an idea. This is a cross belt top version. But you see, this is all induction. They're inducting. The bots are in the field. They go up to the Gaylord positions that are on the side. Find the correct Gaylord, dispense, go back for its next load. The flexibility of this type of system is just tremendous. Some tape on the floor that reserves your growth. <laughs> Use the floor what you don't, as long as you don't bolt anything down, you're all good. The one thing I, I, I just want to make clear is we're not here to promote this over any other one technology. It's an option. Right. Hitting goods to person. This is an example of some very specialized type of kitting where it's, we're building uh, furniture so that we have a very specialized cart. Years past, this would be a cart in which somebody has and push. In this case, we have an AMR that lifts, grabs, it's gonna move it. We go into the um, storage area. Once we get into the storage area, we meet our boy. There is not a better story than a boy and his robot. And here we go. <laughs> we are seeing a lot of applications, technically in manufacturing, where they're assembling parts, where, where the parts are, are stored loosely and then are brought to an assembly line. Um, this probably is, I, I would say, one of the biggest applications we're seeing today. In this case, the AMR actually has a pick-to-light system in there, so it's reading the barcodes, printing up the labels, and you can see right there on his thumb, there's a light, so that way he knows where he's putting it. It's got laser navigation to know exactly where he has to go, directs the operator. When done, comes back down to the um, consolidation and the commissioning area, and it either goes out to manufacturing, buffering, wherever the next stop is for the cart. But it's a very specialized by being able to change the cart, not the AMR, you can actually adapt this application to a wide variety of needs and requirements. This is just picking up uh, from production lines. This is another really good application for those of you, um, you know, we, we have an application right now where we're we're discharging, we're feeding and discharging carts to an injection molding station. And um, we've been able to eliminate conveyor with it. Conditions have to be right, the throughput has to be below a certain level, but um, it is somewhat the, the example of the extreme. But flexible automation without cutting off traffic patterns, Feeding buffer and automated systems. 
So this is not, this looks like a VLM. This is not, this is actually a type of system in which each, it's like a micro load. So every tote within the system is accessed. In this case, we then have an AMR that delivers items back to the system, goes off. It will then be stored back in and or can be picked in the front. All depends upon the application in which you're using. But what makes it very flexible is the ability to integrate the AMRs because they could be coming from multiple areas throughout the facility and be able to replenish and to get new inventory out. It's a combination that you generally just don't find without a lot of labor. This could be used to consolidate orders. I keep using returns. I sound like a broken record, but essentially you can consolidate SKUs, whether they're for, um, you can consolidate SKUs, consolidate orders. I'm going into receiving, which truck backs up, picks up your pallet. You've got RFID scan. You've got verification. You go to your put-away location, whether it's feeding an ASRS, feeding a high bay, it doesn't really matter. But what we've done is taken away the need for the labor. Likewise, using ASRS. So you have your ASRS, you've got your shuttle. Shuttle delivers it to the work platform. Your AMR goes to its load, lifts, moves, calculates what's my shortest path, what obstructions do I have in my way, and proceeds. Anyone shipping palletized loads, anyone who has to sequence loads, anyone who doesn't, anyone who doesn't have enough do dock doors, meaning you need to turn dock doors faster. Um, this is a way to pre-stage loads so that you can turn dock doors faster. Okay, and depalletizing. So we start with our bot, picks up his load. Calculating his shortest route. Also route delivery, palletized loads for route delivery. The first stop has to be the last on the truck and the last stop has to be up front. And we have here's a print and apply. So it starts off as a skew as inventory, comes down. Now all of a sudden it's an order. It has a print and apply label, knows where it's going. This is also an example of a multi-floor short ceiling by our traditional warehouse application. So this is what a inner city distribution center might look like. And yours would have to be absolutely perfect to look like this. Everybody's is perfect, I'm sure. Evenly spaced, no gaps, you know. Everything works like clockwork. Build, building the U-boats. U-boats could either go now to the stores, they could go out for a run to make deliveries. All depends upon what the application requires. In this case, they're buffering, waiting for all of them to be done. Then they'll be loaded onto the truck. 
for local delivery. This is part of the, the trick and what we're, everyone is driving for, for two hour, three hour, four hour delivery, and now within a city, in the inner city, how do you deal with the traffic? These type of buildings exist everywhere in inner cities. They've probably been abandoned for 10, 20, 30 years. I, I don't think it's that far away. Has anybody heard of GoPuff? I'm from Philadelphia and they're based in, in Philadelphia, but I believe they're in 15, 20 cities. Um, it's anything you can buy from a convenience store delivered to, your, to you 30 minutes or something like that. What's going to happen is going to be like Amazon and free shipping and next day delivery is there's just going to be a bar set for service level. And everyone's essentially going to get brought close to, if not to, that service level. That is not this, that far away. This is not that far away. So the question always comes, okay, what is a system cost? What is a bot cost? And what I like to do is go back to the old systems grid <laughs> with my throughput, least the most, floor space, most the least, dollar. You pick two, I'll pick the third. And that's how it basically boils down. You want lights out, zero manual labor, great. It's a higher cost. As the numbers go, it goes differently in the grid. But that's how we build out the application. What makes the what makes sense for your application? Do you need that extra throughput? Do you have, don't have the floor space? And that's how we adjust and we figure out how many bots, how much city storage do you need, how much manual labor do you need to augment it? These all go into those calculations, but this is a very, very, very rudimentary way of figuring out where it falls on the scale. I kind of like saying it's living the dream. I've had this little whoops, video clip for a while, for about five years, and five years ago I thought, oh, yeah, someday. And all of a sudden I found it on my hard drive and I'm like, wow, this is pretty much today. The drone is a little bit, uh, maybe not there yet, but well, we do have drones doing inventory management on High Bay, so that's already here. And there are some companies who are using drones to put away storage and deliver to different areas within the facility. Okay, not exactly there yet, but a whole lot closer than it was just a few years ago when this, came, when this was first dreamed of and thought of. And I'd like to see if anybody has any questions and thank everybody for, for being here. Any questions? Okay, we've just the given you back nine minutes on your day. The presentation will be available, will be available online. On the, online on the Modex Online site. through the trade show website. Yeah. Um, if anyone has questions or needs anything, if you'd like to give us a business card, we'd be happy to send it to you also.